0: To the Bears Centrals. On today's show, I'm rolling solo, but I'll be breaking down the latest Bears happenings, and in addition, I'll be announcing my Bears sixth round mock draft audience. I got a lot of stuff on deck for y'all today. Without further ado, let's get into it. First order of business, I want to talk about Ryan Bates. So I know audience, yes, late to the party here, but I still want to give you guys my thoughts on the situation. So, we know from looking at the situation that happened there with the Bills matching that offer sheet that the Bears signed Bates to a four-year deal. So when I saw that, I said, damn, they was ready to commit to Bates for the long haul. So to me, it seemed like Ryan Poe saw a guy that he said, you know what, he could be a nice building block for this team, but that's the risk that you run a restricted free agency because you see what happened. The Bills also said, "Uh -uh uh-uh, not so fast. (laughs) We want this guy back here in the fold with us. So we're back to the drawing board. And so we'll see how Ryan Poles and company looks to get this interior offensive line up and going because as AW and I have talked about in the show, at nauseum, protecting Justin Fields is the ultimate priority. Getting Justin Field weapons is the secondary primary objective here. So they got a lot of work to do. But when I look at that Ryan Bates situation, I say, you know what, he could be an ascending player. I think the Buffalo Bills probably know like, hey, we got to lock this guy up because he's going to be a piece of protected Josh Allen here. So, Ryan Pulse, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I, I, I keep telling you guys to be patient, but this offseason, man, it's even testing my patience. But I'm going to still sit back and I'm going to give the guy. I'm going to give guy a chance, you know what I'm saying? Because he deserves that. He's new to the position. I mean, he took over a, a, a situation that was just awful. I mean, his roster, salary cap-wise, he had to make tough decisions, whatever, you know. I don't get into all that part. But I would say the fact that we lost Ryan Bates, yeah, it stunk, but it shouldn't, drastically, it shouldn't drastically change the way any of us are viewing the Bears' offseason. Because right now, I mean, it is what it is. I think it's wild that the Buffalo Bills matched the contract, not because of Ryan Bates, but the fact, hey, four years, and I'm not sure how the money shaped up there. But listen, they, they really like the guy because they brought him back into the fold. But we look at this roster here, man oh man, it's, 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 it might be timeout for the let the market come to us type of strategy that I think that Ryan Poles was trying to implore. Because if you look at this roster right now, offensive line, wide receiver, cornerback, we got a lot of problems there at those positions. I think it might be time for them to get a little aggressive because, hey, we do have a decent number of draft picks, but you're not going to be able to clear up all of these issues with this team with those draft picks. There's going to be some things they're going to have to do with free agency. So, honestly, audience, I'm starting to just look at this situation. I'm wanting Ryan Poles to be just a little bit more aggressive. You know, he don't have to spend big or anything like that, you know, because, honestly, there ain't nobody left there to spend a lot of money on anyway. But this offensive roster – is well below replacement level. And as I mentioned earlier, when I started this thing up, what are the two objectives here for this season? Protect Justin Fields, pull weapons around him. When you look at this offensive roster right now, they are not building around Justin Fields effectively. Now I know it's still early, it's only April, but I'm just gonna tell you, I just need, I just need, some, I just need something more, I need, I need something more. And I'm still being patient I just need to see a couple of moves here, just something to just see, to let us all see, okay, you guys are, are doing things to get Justin Fields some help. Because so right now, I'm just not seeing it. So a lot of people have been messaging us and saying, well, Press, you know, look at how the Buffalo Bills rebuild around, how, how they rebuilt around Josh Allen. And they were like, hey, by year three, he was surrounded by talent. Well, one, thing that I want to tell the audience when you think about that it's a flawed argument because if you even look at year two with Josh Allen in that system his support system coaching staff and players around him was much better than what I see the Bears rolling out this year so right now I just look at this situation and I say please do not fail this kid because this kid's been busting his ass you guys have all been seeing that the workouts this kid's been doing how he's been working out with Darnell Mooney, how he's been working out with Cole Komet. Justin Fields gets it, and he's going into the season knowing that he's going to be the guy. And he's going to work his ass off. But they can't let the kid down. Give him something to work with here. You know what I mean? But I do appreciate the people that have reached out and they said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that they're trying to model it off the Buffalo Bills. And eh, not so fast. Not so fast. But in my, in my opinion, there's also another – group on bear's twitter that says oh well the new organization or the new regime they're trying to evaluate just the fields this season uh if you think that then i have some swampland to sell you down to florida because they have already done their evaluations of this kid there's no way that they would have gone and said the things that they said if they haven't already been pleased with what they've seen of this kid and the fact they probably know hey we might have our quarterback here in the future they love him. No, we know that there's going to be some limitation here in this upcoming season. But my Lord, please, Ryan Pulse, for the love of God, do something on this offensive side of the ball. Please, get this man some weapons. Damn. Now, in the last episode, A-Dub and I talked to you guys about the fact that Trevor Simeon was coming into town for a visit. Well, audience, since we last recorded, Trevor Simeon has signed so now we got a second string quarterback, which means, as I mentioned on the last time we spoke to you guys, Nick Foles is going to be on the trading block. Uh, good luck with any team giving up any sort of draft capital to to take that contract off of our hands. However, I love the move. I love the move bringing Trevor Simeon in here, guys. If you look at Trevor Simeon on tape, solid quarterback. I think he's going to be a great number two behind Justin Fields, and also two. I love his social media post from a couple of weeks ago when this man went out there and said, Look, I met my wife in Chicago. I played my college ball here in Chicago, and here I am back. It's a guy that loves Chicago. He's happy to be here, and we're happy to have him here as well. And also, too, we know that, hey, in the case, and I don't want this to happen, but in the case of something happens to our number one guy, well, you got a guy like Trevor Simeon that can come off the bench and he can win your ballgame. Right, And that's what you want in that situation there. The contract was low-risk contract, two-year deal, $4 million. It's clear that Simeon is going to be that quarterback too. Honestly, audience, Nick Foles and that contract, it's going to be tough to get rid of that thing. But Ryan Poles, <laughs> it's going it's to be really, really cool to see what he's able to do with this. As we edge as we closer to the draft audience, it may be a situation where we may see a last-second trade happening, but I mean, I, I'm really hoping. I'm really, really hope. Dane Cruikshank, the backup safety, we brought him in here. You bring in Dane in here as a backup safety. So, yeah, fine, cool move. I mean, when I look at the situation with this move, he's likely not going to start, but he'll be a key depth piece and a core special teamer. So when you look at the situation and we know that the fact that, hey, we're down a safety from last season, Deion Bush. Deion Bush is no longer with the team. So when you insert a guy like Dane Krushank into this T equation here, he's going to serve as a key depth piece for the team and also a core special teamer. And that is what we lost to the Deion Bush. So now you got a guy coming in here in Dane, hopefully he can kind of fill that void that's been left with Deion Bush leaving for the Chiefs. So this is a kid, when you look at him on tape, he stepped up when, when his number was called. And <laughs> when I saw the fact that his nickname is the tight end racer, well, you guys already know what that's about. If you saw the Titans play against the Kansas City Chiefs and you saw that defense that he played on Travis Kelsey, among other people, he's a guy that I'm like, okay, intriguing signing, Ryan Poles, kind of showing some of those scouting chops there. So as, as I mentioned, he's not going to start opposite of Eddie Jackson, but this is a key guy that you can bring into the field in and, in in, you know, in, a, in an alternate situation or you have a dime package or, you know, type of personnel in there, you can get him on the field that way. But anyway, the point of the matter is, this is a guy that's gonna be a valuable role player and you can't have enough of those on your, on your team. Now, speaking of our own fridges, Jesper Horstead returning back on a one-year deal. I know many of Bears nation loved him, fell in love with him during the preseason. That man had that three touchdown game, was out here balling on him. But then of course, because of the last regime, not utilizing him, all we saw from him was eight catches and one touchdown last season. So I'm hoping that this new staff We'll get this kid out there on the field a little bit more. Find ways to get him the ball. Because I'll tell you one thing. When there's an opportunity for him to score, he gets it done. I mean, look at that touchdown he scored at the end of the season there. My thing is, my thing is, he didn't get much of an opportunity last season under Matt Nagy and that off of skate. But if you, gotta look, if you look at things right now, Cole Komet is probably going to be your starter, right? is going to be your starter. So, Jesper Horstead is going to be behind him. Jimmy Graham's not returning. Jesse James is looking like he probably won't return as well. So, you'll see Jesper Horstead get a little bit more time. And I have a strong opinion that Brian Pose is also going to draft the tight end later in the draft. So, I think they'll be good there with that position. Now, we lost a couple guys. Andy Dalton went to the New Orleans Saints, Alex Barnes went to the Las Vegas Raiders. And then Iggy went to the Seattle Seahawks and we wish those guys well. Thank you for your time here in Chicago, you know, but it is what it is, you know, and in a situation where I look at those guys that we, that we talked about, or I just talked about a second ago that left, none of those moves are going to move the needle as far as like guys that I'm like, Oh man, detrimental to the team. You know, Alex bars, I thought was, was he was, he was okay. Andy Dalton, I thought he did a really solid job there last year when his number was called. You know, no problems there. And Iggy was up and down, more of a special teams guy. We'll see what happens with him down there in Seattle. But I want to turn the page on this and talk about the Bears returning to work. So the Bears, are they return to Hallis Hall here to start their offseason program. Now, I talked about earlier the fact that Justin Fields has been working out. This kid has been busting his tail all offseason. So, when the Bears returned to Hallis Hall, you had guys like Justin Fields, Roquan, Ado's boy Money Moon, Eddie Jackson. Oh, okay, Eddie, David uh, David Montgomery, Cole Komet, and Travis Gibson. These were among the players that reported for the first day of voluntary off-season workouts. And the reason why I wanted to highlight Eddie Jackson is because you guys remember when I talked about on the podcast last year those those defensive guys didn't show up outside of Roquan Smith, who did not miss a single practice, a single workout. He showed leadership. I talked about the fact that Roquan showed you right there, he was going to be that leader on this team, not just the defense, but this team. But Andy Jackson showed up. So I feel like Andy Jackson's seeing that right on the wall, man. He's like, all right, you know what? I'm showing up, and I'm going to do something that I didn't do last year. And I'm hoping that that means something, because you know, Matt Everflew's, he had a lot to say about Eddie Jackson on this. But he said, look, Eddie's gonna have a fresh slate this season. And Eberflus did not hide from the fact that Eddie has had a lot of scrutiny over the last couple of years. But Eberflus spoke, he spoke very highly of him. And he said that he plans on using him in the ways that's gonna best utilize his skill set. He said, look, Eddie's got really good instincts. And so he's focusing on the positive with Eddie. He knows Eddie can get the ball out. He said he's, a, he's really proficient at blitzing. So I wonder if we're going to see Andy Jackson in positions where he can make more plays. Are we going to see him blitzing a little bit more? Are we going to see them utilizing him in ways where he can be more of a playmaker? But what I see that the coach says, look, I know what this guy does well. Well, one of the things that we all have heard about Eberflus is that he puts his players in position to make plays. But that also, we also know that Eberflus's is gone on record and says that he expects high effort, out of his players on every single snap. And he said anybody that doesn't do that is considered a loaf. Well, Bears Nation, you guys know that there's been times in Eddie Jackson's career here in Chicago that he has loafed on plays. And so under this new coaching staff, they're not going to play that shit. And so I hope that Eddie is taking all of this in right now and understanding that he's got a coach that's giving him a chance because that's the one thing that I really like to hear from Ibrahimos. He's gonna throw everything that was said about Eddie out the window. He's like, look, I wasn't here for that. The guy's got a clean slate with me. But now it's up to Eddie to take advantage of having that clean slate. Because if somebody's gonna give you that type of a shot in the arm and give you that type of a chance, you gotta make the most of that opportunity, Eddie. And I really hope that you. I hope that he does. I, I really was pleased by the fact that I saw that he showed up to. The off-season program—it's—it's—it's it's, it's really good. It's really good to see that. I mean, when you look at the fact that you got a guy like Travis Gibson, who I've been high on on this show, AW and I really love what this kid brings to the table. I think he's gonna have a breakout season coming up here in 2022. The fact that he showed up and said, "Hey, he felt it felt like the first day of school," you could tell that this kid is ready. He's chomping at the bit. I can't wait to see him get unleashed in this defense. You had guys like Cole Kibet, as I mentioned. He talked about how he's excited to be back. Tevin Jenkins, right? We, we know that he had an up-and-down rookie season, the back issues, and really not understanding why Matt Nagy didn't put him out there more. But anyway, the fact of the matter is he knows that, hey, this is going to be an important offseason for me, and it's going to be really important to make sure that I get off on the right track. And I love that. This is a kid that knows the opportunity in front of him. He's going to take that opportunity and do the best thing he has to do with it. I don't have to say much about David Montgomery and Roquan Smith. You guys already know what I feel about those guys. Those guys are leaders on this team. David Montgomery, I swear to God, man, they better work on an extension for him as soon as as possible because they better work on an extension for him as soon as possible. He and Roquan Smith are guys I want on this team for the long haul. Roquan Smith is everything that is right, about a player in the Chicago Bears uniform. I'm going to say that again. He is everything that is right about a player in the Chicago Bears uniform. Now, there's going to be people in our fan base is going to nitpick about Roquan sniffing. Some people will say empty calories. Well, guess what? You give me those empty calories because that motherfucker is good for 150 tackles a season, plays sideline to sideline, and is a tenacious tackler and is a leader. That is what we need more of on this team. A leader. He is a leader. I love everything he brings to the table. Justin Fields. I talked about him earlier on this. Now, you look, like, you look at a kid like Justin Fields. Think about the season that he had last year. It wasn't really to his satisfaction. He wasn't really happy with that season that he had. But I'll tell you one thing. With the work and effort that this kid's been putting in this offseason, you know he's going to clean up every single thing that anybody could have nitpicked about that season that he had. Because I'll tell you one thing, audience. They were talking to his quarterback coach that he's been doing workouts with. And as I mentioned, Justin Fields has been working his ass off. And that quarterback coach went on the radio and said, look, he said, this guy has a lot of parts of his game that he's working on fine-tuning. And so when you see that, you know there's areas of his game that he already knows from year one to year two he needed to tighten up and he needed to, to really clean up just to make sure that he was putting himself in position to be the quarterback that we all know that he can be here in this system. And one of the things that I really enjoyed hearing from his quarterback gurus is the fact of ball security. Now, that's a lot of what Bears fans were talking about with Justin last year. Oh, man, too many times he was putting the ball on the ground. Well, hey, he he knew that that was a problem. That's something he's working on, getting the ball out quicker. Okay, these are things that his quarterback coach is saying that they're working on together. And i tell you one thing, Bears Nation, that makes me as happy as hell because those are a couple things that we all kind of been picked on. But guess what? At the end of the day, he was a rookie and a bad skate behind a bad offensive line, and you guys know the rest. And that's why I'm really hoping that Ryan Poles does something here to get this kid some weapons on this offensive side of the ball. And I hope that they figure out some sort of move on that offensive line to get someone in here they can help the kid out because I do not want to see games like that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game this season where Justin Fields is getting hit relentlessly like that. I don't want games like that Cleveland Browns game where he was getting hit relentlessly and they pan over to the sideline and the kid just looks like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is happening to me? I don't want him looking like that. I want this kid to have fun. I want this kid to go out there and ball out and be who he is. He's a fucking stud. And that's what I want to see. So, Excited about the fact that the Bears are back to work here. Audience, there's many of uh, there's audience, there's many phases of the off-season program. We know this is phase one. So this is where they come in. These are two weeks where they're going to be focused strict, stri- they're going to be focused strictly on strength and conditioning, as well as any sort of physical rehabilitation, right? But then we know phase two comes up, and that's th- the next three weeks of the off-season program, and that's when we're going to start to roll out on-the-field workouts may include some individual player instruction, drill work, team practices. There's no offense versus defense is going to be permitted during this time. But then you have phase three. That's the final four weeks of the program. So this is when the OTAs come into consideration. This is the organized team activities. Now, during this time, again, no live contact is permitted, but teams are allowed to conduct 707, 907, and 1111 drills. So that's going to be really cool. Now. One thing to take note, since the Bears have a new head coach in Matt Eberflus, the Bears are allowed to hold a voluntary minicap before the NFL draft. So it's a three-day mini cap. so that gives them that opportunity to come together and get some more work in, helps from a continuity, helps Getty and Crew to get that offense put in, and helps Eberflus and Allen Williams work on that defense and just make sure that they have everything kind of fine-tuned as we kind of head into the main meat and potatoes of the offseason. So... Audience, we got a lot to talk about as we move forward here on the show. But those are just some things that I wanted to just make sure that we were kind of chatted through because it's going to be a long, long off season. A lot of talk about workouts, a lot of talk about uh, OTAs. The drafts not even here yet, so there's there's a lot that we have to unpack. So we'll be here for every single aspect of that. But before I go in and, and roll out my mock draft here, I want to. Segway over to Ryan Poles. Now, you guys know earlier, I still am preaching patience when it comes to Ryan Poles. However, I just really want to see him make a couple moves here in free agency. I know that there's not many people left, but there's still a couple names out there that I think that he can really be looking at, whether it's on the wide receiver side, whether it's on that offensive line. Because we're less than a month away from the NFL draft. And like I said, we got a lot of important roster needs, but we can't try to, we can't try to fix the ball with our draft picks, well, he got six draft selections. So, and I mean, keep in mind, we don't have any in the first round. So, it's going to be very important to make sure that they're doing a little bit more, so that way, what he does in the draft complements these some of these moves that he's made down the stretch. Now, Ryan Poles, in his own words, he believes they're in a good position to land some top prospects with those three picks they have in the top 71. And when you look at this draft, A. W. and I went down to the senior bowl. We've done a lot of scouting from the NFL combine. And I do believe he's correct in that assessment. I think there's a lot of talent in the first 100 selections in this draft. However, I would just love to see that he puts himself in a position where he's not scrambling draft time, where he doesn't feel the need that he has to trade up. Because, see, that was the Ryan Pace playbook. Putting himself in a position where he had to stress out, he had to uh, scramble at the last second because he was panicking because he was trying to figure out something because he wasn't able to address it in free agency or in in the, in the situation with Ryan Poles. He was try- i mean, Ryan Pace—he was trying to clean up one of his many mistakes that he made. Anyway, my point is, I agree with Ryan Poles. I think he is in a good position. He says he's excited about it. He thinks they're in a really good range of really good players. And when you guys hear my mock draft, you'll probably see that you might agree with some of the people that I have kind of holding in on. But as I mentioned, there's quite a few roster holes that we need to address. And not just on offense. I know I picked on offense. But defense as well. There's a lot of difficult choices ahead for this, for this GM. I know we talked about it on previous episodes. Bringing in Byron Pringle. Bringing in Equanimee, Saint Brown, Lucas Patrick, Dakota Dozier, yeah, those were cool moves. But again, wide receiver, offensive line, corner are still top needs. Building around Justin Fields, that's going to require them to fix those issues in that pass protection, giving him additional weapons, right? But now, defensively. Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson are the only confirmed starters at corner and safety. Linebacker is another position that I think is in a big need. We're transitioning to a 4-3 defense under, we're transitioning to a 4-3 defense under Ibrafus. Now we signed a lot of guys to one-year deals, little depth piece, little social uh special teams type players, but I still think that's a position that they need to really be looking at and really honing in on. Because I will tell you what, they got this. A lot of us are probably looking at this season and know it's going to be rough. But look at the schedule for twenty twenty two. I look at this schedule and I say this schedule puts us in a decent situation. I think we could be a lot better this season than a lot of people are giving us credit for. And I know, listen, we traded away Khalil Mack, right? A lot of our favorite players are no longer here. Allen Robinson, Hakeem Hicks, who is still unsigned, by the way. I know Cousin Heidi's probably seeing that. She sees what's going on. She sees the vibes. But there is a lot of guys that have left this ball club, that have left this franchise. Those things hurt, you know, on this fan base. But, audience, the road ahead, I don't think is as painful as we all think. I think Ryan Pope has the opportunity to do some things here. And let's <laughs> – I'm just going to say it. Let's be honest here. D.K. Metcalf is out there for the taking. Ryan Poles, I know you on the phone with his agent. I know. I just know it. I just know he on the phone with Seattle because this is a guy that was already frustrated in Seattle last season. Him and Russell, I don't know what the hell was going on with those two. He wasn't targeting D.K. the way he was supposed to. Now D.K. don't even have a quarterback? No. Nah. Get D.K. up out of Seattle. Ryan Poles, come on now. Figure that shit out. Figure it out. As he got right there, that's right for the taking. Could you imagine an offense with a DK Metcalf and a Justin Fields and a Darnell Mooney? My lord, with David Montgomery running through open lanes behind a fullback now. Oh shit, audience. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's get him. <laughs> All right, let me get this mock draft into you guys before we, before I get out of here. So in the second round of pick 39. I have the Bears drafted George Pickens as a wide receiver from Georgia. Now, you guys know I love SEC football players. All they do is breed NFL players. All they do is breed NFL players. And you know that the Bears love Georgia players. Rokar Smith is a Georgia player. Love him, love him, love him. So, now, I already talked about the fact Darnell Moody. Darnell Moody is a stud, number two in his offense. You got Byron Pringle. Cool. I think Byron Pringle may be solid in his office because if you look at it, and AW brought this point up on the, in the show before, how Byron Pringle does a lot of good work in the zone. Yeah, that was a good call-out. Now, I'm hoping that that translates here to Chicago with just a field to tool. But now you can add a guy like George Pickens to the mix. Ooh, hoo, hoo, because we are mixed. We are missing in this office an ex-receiver. Well, Pickens is going to be that guy that's going to replace an Allen Robinson. He's going to fill that role. And I think he has the tools to develop into a really, really big-time receiver in this league. Now, you guys have to look at the tape on this kid. Look back to his freshman year. That kid tore it up. Eight touchdowns. Did his thing. But if anybody that watches college football, you know what happened with George Pickens. They had some horrible quarterback play on that team. And as a result of that, his numbers suffered. Now, he's not going to have the eye-popping numbers if you guys are just looking at it casually online and saying, oh, well, Prez, I don't really see it. But I'll tell you one thing. Turn on the tape with this kid. His ability on the field, it always stands out. Whether the stats stand out or not, this kid is a ball player. Now, I do want to take a step back, though, and say he might be a little bit of a project. But However, in a season where we know that we're not necessarily contending, this is like basically a, a rebuild or a reload or however you want to classify it as, I think in a position like this, you can take a gamble on a kid like this. He's got to clean up a lot of aspects of his game, but that's where it comes with the coaching staff getting in there, evaluating him, understanding what he does well, things that he can do to, be get, back, to get better. The traits that he does possess, those things are hard to find. Size, speed ratio with this kid, ha. The way he tracks down deep pass artists, I please, I'm telling you, if you don't believe me, and if you, don't even, if you don't even have time to fire up tape, go look at some highlights on YouTube. I know some people, they'll say, oh, well, I looked at some tape. No, you did not watch tape. You were watching a uh, YouTube highlight. A lot of those deep passes that were thrown his way, and this is with inadequate quarterback play. His catch radius, <laughs> oh, good Lord. I'm just telling you, he's not going to be the immediate impact that an Allen Robinson was. But, and I'm, 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 I'm going to say this with my whole entire chest, George Pickens has the potential to be better than Allen Robinson was. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. You think about the long term. With a George Pickens, playing with a Darnell Mooney, good Lord. And don't let Ryan Post make that move and get DK Metcalf in here. Listen, audience, I'm over here dreaming big. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. But listen, I just want to get some help for my boy Justin Fields. So at 39... George Pickens, wide receiver, Georgia. Now, we got another pick here in round two, pick number 48. It's the pick that we got in the Khalil trade from the Chargers. Now, in this s- spot here, since we got the receiver that I'm all laughing up about, yeah, I was all laughing up about George Pickens. I don't care. Y'all can make fun of me. Watch this kid on tape, and you'll feel the same way. Now, at 48, I want the Bears to go linebacker here, Chad Mumma. Now, this is a guy that A-Dub and I scouted at the Senior Bowl. And A-Dub had a chance to interview him a little bit and ask him a couple questions after a couple practices. Now, I'm going to make another little uh, comparison that's going to get everybody a little hot and bothered around here. But Chad Muma is a converted safety. He's got excellent cover skills. You know who he reminds me of? Brian Erlacher when he first came out. When Brian Urlacher came out of New Mexico... Brian Urlacher was a converted safety. Now, I'm not saying that Chad Moon was going to be Brian Erlacher 2.0 or Brian Urlacher reloaded or nothing like that. All I'm trying to tell you is this guy would be outstanding in this lineup as a Mike linebacker for the Bears because then that would free up Roquan to go play the wheel position. Now, most of the time, When you looked at Chad Boomer from college, you saw him showing off his athleticism, running around, making plays, but he's also best known for his pass coverage. Very strong against the run, very strong against the run. And we want to talk about what really matters. What is one of the areas on this team that A-Dub and I talked about a lot of times on our defense that pissed us off? Tackling. Well, guess what? Chad Boomer, if you fire up the tape on him, consistent, and technical as hell when it comes to tackling. Now, whichever team was fortunate enough to draft this kid, he's going to be a day-one starter, and I hope it's here in Chicago. I would love that at our linebacker room, a combination of him with Roquan Smith. Oh, God, audience, I'm telling you, fire up the tape on this kid. One of the things a lot of times we talked about on this show, with Danny Trevathan was here was, hey, heart and soul, as far as, uh, you know, somebody that the fan base loved – The players on the team love. They rallied around him. But, hey, let's just be honest. He wasn't able to cover people well. You're going to have these problems with Chad Muma. So at 48, I want Chad Muma in the Bears uniform, 48. Now, in the third round, audience, at pick 71, it's time to go offensive line. So with this pick, and this is somebody I talked to you guys about before, somebody I'm still very high on. Cole Strange from Chattanooga. Now, I think this kid right here would be a really good home run pick for us. Now, Cody White here, I don't see him being in the long-term plans for the Chicago Bears. I think this kid here could replace Cole, Cody. Now, while it's definitely a long-term move, it could be a short-term move as well. Now, Cole Strange, interior offensive lineman, a lot of starts under his belt. But again, what is the one thing that AW and I talked to you guys a lot about a lot of the players that we saw down at the Senior Bowl that we liked? It were the ones that showed versatility. Well, Cole is no different. This guy's had starts at left guard, left tackle, and at center. Yeah. So this is a guy right here that has that versatility. You cannot have enough of that on the offensive line. We talk about that. So much on this show. And this is what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are looking for. He fits the bill. He's mean. He's a nasty son of a bitch. That's what you want. He's going to ball people. He was doing that at Senior Bowl week. I was like, man, I love the way that this guy finishes blocks. Anchors in pass protection. Got a nice punch off the line of scrimmage. High motor. I'll tell you all this. You don't believe me. Fire up the tape. I promise you guys will love what you see with this guy. He also never seems to get tired. And in the running game, he's always looking to finish a play. He's always looking for somebody to hit. I even saw him during senior bowl when he was just turning around. His head's always on a swivel. I love that. I'm sorry. That's the meathead football fan to me coming out on this. I don't care. Judge me all you want to. But I'm telling you one thing. This would be a great pickup if Ryan Poles is able to find this guy in the third round at 71. It would be amazing. This kid right here, he's got a lot of potential. Now looking at the fifth round here at pick 148. And I'm gonna go edge rusher here. Now, my pick here is Michael Clemens, Texas A L. Now, a lot of you are, a lot of you guys are gonna say, Who's that? And I can understand why you'll say that. But he comes from a big time program and he went unnoticed because of the talent that was around him and the reason why he came on my radar is because there's a kid on their team on that team DeMarvin Marvin Leal who got all of the attention from NFL scouts but one thing about Michael Clements he caught my attention because I saw some of the things he was doing on tape when I was looking at the Leal kid and Clements to me Is ready. He's got tools to be a really solid pass rusher in the NFL. He's got moves. One of the things that I noticed with a lot of college guys when they're trying to get to the NFL is they don't really have a lot of pass rushing moves. That's not the issue here. He can set you up with a primary, did go to one of his secondary rush moves. Again, don't believe me? Go see for yourself. Motor. That was the thing that I saw with him that really impressed me. I was like, who is this kid? He was playing the run so well. And I'm telling you, Chicago, Bears Nation, we can never have too many pass rush specialists on this team. Robert Quinn, Travis Gibson, put Michael Clemens in that mix as well. Let's go. Shit, we got Muhammad coming into the team from the the Colts. Bring them all here. Sack the quarterback. Let's get after the quarterbacks. Let's go. My second fifth-round pick at 150. And I'm gonna go safety here. Tyson Anderson, Mr. Toledo. Now, every offseason, Bears Nation, we're all over here, sitting over here, wondering who's gonna start next to Eddie. Because it's been Gibson, you know. It's been, I mean, one year was a ha ha, Clinton Dix. It's just, it's always like a just a random guy that's next to him. But. Why don't we ever develop, why don't we ever draft a safety to develop them to, for that type of position instead of these stop gaps that they do? And I think that right now, this is the time to do so. Now, Tyson, this is a guy that me and AW are very high on, a guy that we covered during the senior bowl, started three years at Toledo. The guy's got incredible size, and length, and speed. I mean, if you look at what he did at the NFL combine, oh <laughs> my goodness. That man right there snapped. Now, I know, audience, you guys are looking and saying Prince, but this is a developmental prospect. So, imagine what this kid can develop into in the right system, which I think Matt Ibrafusa's system is the right system for this kid. The ball skills is something that he can work through, but I think that he has the ability to become a long-term starter in this NFL. And at the very least, this season, you got a special team Special teams ace, a kid that's going to run down there and play his ass off. But I think that this kid can have an immediate impact for this ball club. So at 150 in the fifth round, the Bears will draft Tyson Anderson, Mr. Toledo, University of Toledo. All right, my last pick here, audience, 1-4 quarterback, Zion McCollum, Sam Houston State. Now this guy right here, he's an SCS product. Versatility is the name of the game with this guy as well. playing nickel corner, weak side backer. Also playing the dime package a lot. He's interchangeable. You can put him anywhere. Now I know all these you guys are going to look at this and say, but those are st- those are starting positions. No, they're not. But they're crucial to any defense. Look at the way these NFL offenses are trying to spread every defense out, right? They want to run no huddle. Well, guess what? If you got a sub package guy like a Zion McCollum or a versatile guy that kind of has that type of skill set, then you don't have to burn timeouts. You're not at a disadvantage. And that's why when I look at a guy like this, this is a guy that in those sub packages still allows you the opportunity to still be good on defense. 4 3, three 40 yard dash, <laughs> speed after speed after speed, play quarter, play safety, play in the box. He's showing you it all. So anyway, when I look at a kid like this, Ryan Poles, I think he would be a great fit at Maddie Bufusa's defense. So audience, just to recap real quick. Round two pick at 39, George Pickens. Round 48, ra- round two, pick 48, Chanmuma, Wyoming. Round three, pick 71, Cole Strange. Round five, pick 148, Michael Clemens, Texas A&M. Round five, pick 150, Tyson Anderson, University of Toledo. And finally, round six, pick 184, Zion McCollum, Sam Houston State. So there you have it, audience. That's my mock draft here for 2022. Hey, we'll see how I do. And you never know. You know, Brian Poles will probably end up trading up, trading down. But that's at least for what we have today. This is what I see. And I think it shores up a number of position holes that we have and a, a few <laughs> glaring needs that we have on this team right now. But, man, if we can get any of those guys that I highlighted in this mock draft, I'll be happy as a motherfucker, y'all. I swear to God I will be. Well, a dub. We'll be back on the next episode, and we're going to be joined by a very special guest audience. I know. <laughs> a little teaser room from your boy, prayers Stay tuned. You're going to enjoy this guest. As always, we appreciate your continued support of this show and for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. Praise out. we we'll talk to you guys next time.